0: Welcome to Call Your Hits, a Stormriders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Last week, you had our part two on Operation Last Refuge Spore Cloud, and this week, you get our part two on Operation Black Gecko. Several weeks ago, uh, you'll remember we had Ben and Josh on the show to talk about the annual Australian airsoft game hosted in New Zealand um, this year called Operation Black Gecko. So today, the lads are back to do a bit of an after-action review with me. And this time, they brought a friend, Adrian, also known as Candyman. Uh, Adrian's in Air South since uh, 2017, and he's one of the organizers for Black Gecko, along with Josh. Um, but he's also oz Game Master, which we'll, we'll get into as we go through in the episode. Uh, but Adrian, Candy, welcome to the show. And Thank lads, welcome back. Oh, it's always a treat to have you guys on.
1: So good to be here.
0: So Woo-hoo. I know it's been a little while uh, since the event, but I'm sure the memories have been permanently etched into your minds uh, oh, yes. I've seen a few pictures that uh, Frosty shared on the Discord, and I'm really eager to hear more. I uh, I understand that the weather didn't exactly cooperate, okay. uh, which is a feeling as a Newfoundlander I am very familiar with. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear about it. So guys, let's dive right in. Let's get to it. And why don't we just start at the beginning? So uh, when we left off, Josh, uh, Frosty, you guys were getting ready to, to hit the event. So talk to us about the lead up and uh, just eventually getting there.
1: I guess I'll start a bit because I need to try and figure out what I can remember from um, before, but uh, before yeah, it was... <laughs> it was, pretty... well, look, we always love a bit of duty-free. If you're going to have to travel to do something, there has to be some oh, perks, yes. right?
0: Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Um, Yeah. So luckily most of the, uh, the stuff that needed to be done as far as admin was concerned was already sorted before we had to get on a flight, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a field laptop with me, which I didn't think I was going to need at all, but ended up using pretty much 100% of the time uh, to make sure everything was, yeah, it was like a game changer, literally. Um, And then everything was just pretty much sort of uh, set up as, as long as we went. Obviously, the caveat of being in another country and having 120 people asking questions Day, night it's a lot. weekend holiday is a lot but um absolutely nothing we couldn't handle uh and there was some fantastic pre-games throughout the week which made the event uh easy for me um that it was really i don't know in the end i think it ended up becoming uh six fantastic days of airsoft and one in the middle which has a, a story mm. to it i guess story <laughs> awesome. and a
2: half don't you worry about that
0: <laughs> so, Candy, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what uh, what your role was coming up,
2: uh, into the event? Coming this year, we um, butted heads with well, this Josh here, and went, "We need to make missions. We're going we're gonna to change the game." I think everyone's over the uh, the old capture a capture alpha capture Bravo capture alpha again. And we had previous success with new um, the ops in um, years prior, doing more mission based objectives. You know. Your general has to send a runner out. He has to get, you know, he gets his little letter. He's going to cut it open and he has a time mission in that envelope. Um, so over sort of the last six months um, with in-face visits at um, Eljana's over a <laughs> chicken palmy and a burger to Discord calls, um, we built sort of a, a starting theme to our missions for the weekend. Um, being the first sort of camp, you know, the first mission of the campaign, we looked into setting up Three days of missions. The first day was the teams establishing themselves. Each general will get four missions of a two-hour timer. And then they have a in-between mission that if they managed to get their first mission done, they could actually go out and do secret things or, you know, climb a tree, find a rock, you know, some mm-hmm. fetching requests sort of stuff. Um, and we had sort of a three-day staggering of that. And we had some, you know, establishing stuff day one. We had a bunch of aggressive gameplay for day two planned. Um, because that was the big full day. Nine o'clock mm-hmm. kickoff, five o'clock finish. We'd have them out there pretty much running full pelt till the, till essentially they fell over. That was the plan. Um, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, Zeus uh, decided to put his little hand in there and cause some issues. And then Sunday, we had a bunch of missions planned that were not so much de-escalating missions, but missions that reduced the field size, brought conflict to a pointed location, so that you weren't mm-hmm. walking around for a few hours, not get, only getting sporadic conflict. And then sort of a crescendo last two-hour mission. That's based over one hard point location. And then game over. Everyone can walk back, have a have a laugh, have a goss, and then pack up their kit, go get some tucker. Um, right. But, you know, weather's a wonderful thing that it is. And uh, yeah. really uh, throw a wrench in all those plans. There's wonderful well-laid plans and props we had to all put together. Yeah, so say, look, and that's and...
1: exactly how it went down. Said no one ever. ever. Yeah,
0: that's, I was gonna say, like, this sounds like a great plan in theory. Like, you
2: had it all written down. I wonder how it shook out. Oh, we had wax sealed uh, envelopes filled. It was the Hulk. Each team had a special cipher that over yeah. the weekend, if they kept all their missions cards, <laughs> if they were smart, they get a, a number string, and that number string will be, you know, recorded, which it has. And the team that gets the closest. Number string to the the actual recorded one, they'll get bonus points at the next event, or we'll give them a, a team bonus, you know, to kick off, you know, the forces. And we haven't even checked them yet. I got them submitted a few days ago, but that's maths. I'll leave that for later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it added a bit more to so that the players could bite their teeth into it, because you know, you get people who are interested in digging their teeth into the fluff of it. You know, the storyline. You get some yeah. people who just want to come there to shoot toy guns. And yep, trying to find a nice sort of middle ground to meet that all together. And I can say during the, the final dinner we had on the Sunday, I was sitting there uh, between calling out who had a veggie burger and who was having a chicken parmy. Um, I could see the team leaders calling over other players from their team who were lawyers, mathematicians, teachers. Like, hey, can you, can you help us do some maths? And I was like, oh, it's really good to see them calling upon players of different strengths. And it really, um, Really brought it all together. I really enjoyed that. But, Lord, the weather really kicked a freaking wrench into it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We'll get to the weather in a second. Ben, what about you? So this was your team's inaugural game, right?
3: Yeah. Um, It was wild. Uh, It was a good scene to actually get everyone together and sort of come off strong. Mm -hmm. problem we had a lot was a lot of our guys were new and just very excited to sort of get there and do things. Um, By do things, I mean pick up the toy guns and shoot them. (laughs) <laughs> what I think that a lot of them fail to realize is that there's a lot of planning and work that goes into setting up for that, like loading your magazines, charging your batteries. Yeah. Um, and for- unfortunately, because of just the lack of experience, we did fall behind a lot and cause some of the game to start late. But uh, at the end of the day, all the new guys loved it. And I definitely will be seeing them next year, that's for sure. Uh, they, even now, are still messaging me, telling me about the good times they have and going over the videos that they took that so was good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So,
0: um, just remind me for this event. So you mentioned missions and you mentioned, uh, like domination points and stuff. So did you do both for this event? Like you had area control as well
2: as missions or just missions. Are you happy for me to jump on this, Josh? Yeah, man. Yep. So to help players with sort of getting familiar with the teams, we had points of interest. So previously, uh, those points of interest had been the hard points the church, Mm -hmm. the tank yard, barrel city. This year we replaced them with um, points of interest and use that to help players find objectives near them. You know, there's a fuel cache near tank tank yard. Get there, get the fuel cache, bring it back, um, was one Mm -hmm. of the examples. And having that paired with a set of grid references made it a lot easier for new players especially to be able to connect the dots. You know, if your squad leader goes, we need to go to tank city, your players will go, oh sweet, it's down that way, chuck a left. Not, oh, we need to go to grid E7. And you go, oh, where are we at? Um, yeah. And we didn't. We use those points of interest more so for the setup of missions um, and special items and capture and control objectives as a part of it. But we never really used those locations as a conquest style gameplay.
1: Yeah. I have to say, when I put that, <clears throat> when I put that map together. So for context the field that we play on is what used to be a collection of paintball fields so mm-hmm. there's a lot of um like artifacts that are all over the map which happen to be fantastic as like a certain area like you definitely know when you're in oil fields there's no question that it's tank city because there are a whole bunch of um you know timber tanks that have been constructed for that area and and, and that sort of thing and the uh, caveat that I put in by making sure that the map did have the points of interest was, what if the missions don't work? Now, that's not that I didn't have absolute faith in Candy, because I, of mm-hmm. course, did. But yeah. I just knew that there was something that we needed to have as a fallback. And, like, worst case scenario, we had done three successful years of, of Conquest. Um, we had, I think, five and then seven capture points at those. And I was like, let's make, you know, as many as I can dot along the map. Some mm-hmm. we use, some we won't use, and then I think what we ended up doing in the end was was the original plan, which is to, to then slowly sort of reduce those, so that there's only really one thing that matters in the end, and and that, yeah, uh, it, it that ended really up well. being a good backup plan.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and t- to be honest, as someone who's j- who just put off a, a game with missions and stuff like that, you can make the best mission in the world. That doesn't mean your players are going to interpret it the way that you meant it. And now they're doing something completely different. And you're like, oh, I didn't think about oh, that. Okay, it, well, um, so yeah, I totally, I totally, I totally, Josh, it has nothing to do with not having faith in candy. It's you have to not <laughs> it's maybe not people. have faith in look, the
2: players. Yeah, exactly. Look, I, I play a lot of Milsom yeah. games and you can give the most clearest objectives. Get the white bucket. And they'll still come back with a black cat. I'm like, here it is. And I go, is that a is that a white bucket? And they go, oh, no, but we found the cat. And I'm like, okay, I guess we'll work nothing. with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. lots, of,
1: lots of radio calls about props that were like curious. And I was like, yeah, there's a reason they're curious. They're not for your mission. Put them back. Put them yeah. back. Or people would find props from like four years ago. Like we found the laptop. I'm like, oh, yeah, what? there's still... Laptop? There's still props from probably 2017 oh. out there that are buried that we just never dug out.
2: Yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> that's so funny. So let's let's run through the um, let's run through the day or not the day but the days plural, shall we? So first day started off. Did did you do like um like a pre night briefing or anything like well, that? Like get all your you to, your
2: Aussies together to interrupt yeah? you there, Phil. So we, we yep. sort of had that. We had the pre week actually. Yep. So we got, so um, my club, the double AMS, the Aussie Assassin and Squad um, flew in a lovely, windy, cold Sunday afternoon the week prior to the actual game weekend um, mm-hmm. and got the ball rolling pretty much from Monday get-go, helping players get weapons. We started um, indoor ge- greenfield, which is what we normally play on the Tuesday. Um, and we already started cracking in on safety, weapons, don't leave your batteries charging at home while you're by yourself. Um, mm-hmm. We started that pretty much from the start of the week, and we had a pretty much a solid trickle of um, players coming in two a.m., one a.m., four in the afternoon, seven in the morning, as they flew mm-hmm. across from all the different points from the world. Um, and we didn't really have a pre-established event chat till the Friday morning, but we had consistent pre-game prep. For anyone who right. wanted to come out, it was all, you know, just turn up was the um, caveat. And it, we got a, quite a lot of new players. You know, Frosty and his boys came on the Thursday. We had mm-hmm. um, quite a bunch of the other, we had the squirrels from Queensland come across. We had them kicking off um pretty much from the get-go and just getting players out in the field and learning where the, the where the forest ends is the end of the field. You know, you can't go on because there's a shotgun range that way. And there's a pistol range that way. And, sort of the real the real stuff is
0: right so. right um, so you do that the 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 so the the, the week before as you're explaining mm. uh obviously not everyone because some people are like
1: Frosty's. uh yeah. you
0: came in on the Thursday and the the event was the main day like the, the 9 to 5 day that was Saturday was it
1: it was planned to be so the original uh schedule would have been Friday 9 to 5 Saturday 9 to 5 and Sunday 9 to 4 but the mm-hmm. first half of Friday uh, was like mass chrono, like making sure every single gun that was to be on the field for the weekend was chronoed if you were there. Right. Uh as well as and I think the uh the main rule set was gone over very very first very thing thoroughly. immediately <laughs> beforehand and that was sort of done in depth. So that was yeah. I mean, I've got a full uh, recording
2: the... of it. I think we I think my my brief went over for about forty five minutes of me hollering wow. at everyone. Um, mm-hmm. because we had <laughs> As Josh and Frosty can attest, a lot of new players. um Some that had heard of us from Facebook, some that, you know, Frosty's brought along friends, and then some guys like, we're just here because we got to shoot toy guns. Like, yeah, cute, um, cute,
1: And it's worth noting there's two types of new players for us. So there's new players to the sport, which is something that we always are quite sort of, you know, protective of and need to make sure that we. Uh, account for as being, you know, the, the goal of the team has always been sort of the landing zone, the mm-hmm. the first spot you can land as an Australian airsofter if you first find out about it or anything like that. But there's also people who haven't played with OZ1 before. Now, those are people that have played airsoft, uh, but they just don't know what this OZ1 thing's about. Uh, and it's quite different, obviously, if you're playing, uh, say, in New Zealand every weekend at your local CQB field or on the green field or on, you know, at, at indoor... And you're a very, Island, very South experienced airsofter, uh, yeah. North Island, North Island, South Island, um, and you don't realise that this is a bunch of people that have played probably 20 days at the highest level of experience as far as airsoft goes. So mm-hmm. even the most experienced Australians were, you know, I mean, and we've got Gelball and in Queensland now, and we have teams that are, you know, fully fledged and can and can support themselves through a gunfight of any sort of uh, uh, kind. But the very first sort of thing we like to remind everyone is there's two different types of newbies there's newbies that have never played before and there are newbies that have never played before with us so just remember not to take it easy by any stretch I mean I think at this stage we can definitely hold our own especially some of the how some of the squads were moving Uh, but just to remember that you know we have a certain set of rules that is a little different uh, and it does change Mm -hmm. depending on how we get feedback for a reason. And that's because we're, you know, we're we're still working it out ourselves for the most part. Even you know, ten years on, that's forty days total of airsoft. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's
0: pretty wild. Like, I think people who are listening to this will, yeah, like that does not compute. Like, sure, there are players here who've only played forty days of airsoft, but like that's because they don't play anymore or whatever. Like, forty days of airsoft is for anyone starting in you know in Canada or anywhere else. Like, I mean, you do that maybe. In a year or two years, right, and that's 40, 40 days of airsoft over the course of ten days, 10 years, excuse me, or 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 longer. Or that's, that's crazy. So, yeah, mm. I, and I, I appreciate that too because I think it's you're you're right. Like, it's not necessarily about saying, oh, take it easy on these guys, but there's a there's a certain level of understanding that needs to come with that. And I would say, you know, c- certain level of patience too, right? Being like, mm. listen, like these, you know, it's a, it's a different world. And you're right, like you need to have rule sets that support those players having fun too, because. They're a level of, like, they may not have experienced some of the things that to you as a, you know, someone who, you know, in, a, in New Zealand, who's playing every, every weekend or whatever, you just, you dismiss it offhand. Well, that could be an issue for someone who's just, you know, mm. that might be the first time they're experiencing that particular failure yeah. or, right. So for you, it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. But for that person, it's a huge deal because it's never happened before. So I, I totally appreciate that. So let's come back. So you've done the brief you've uh you've listened to candy go on for what feels like forever uh and well yeah and it's funny like i i i know the feeling too of going through the rules and i'm like man i've been talking for a while uh you see people's eyes like glaze over they're like clearly not listening anymore so um did you get in so that was in the morning so did you get any uh any action in on that uh, that first day
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We got Sorry. a full half day on the Friday. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure we will, we'll so actually. Just... by one.
0: despite your best efforts, Candy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually yeah, we
1: were only 45 minutes late. So that yeah. was, uh, yeah. From memory, we did quite well in the morning, and I'm like, especially when people don't know what's the go. And I was, and I'm ticking everyone off, sort of, you know, manually on this laptop that I'm still trying yeah. to figure out if I can use on an offline Google sheet in the middle of the bush. Um, but the, like the guys were pretty good at organizing themselves. It was a little clunky, obviously on day one, but Mm -hmm. you know, I mean that changed completely on day two when I was like, right squads, just check in. If you haven't checked in already and like, check your whole squad in, like, don't like there was a 120 people lining up to a laptop on day one. And I was like. No, go get chronoed. Like <laughs> I will yeah. you'll you'll be here, it's fine. But, and then small things like handing out armbands. We'd never done armbands before. That was, I think, a, a massive success. We oh, had to get them out. Massive. We had to make sure people were chronoed before they got an armband, just to sort of, you know, make sure the logistics worked. Um but yeah, I think we were we were pretty on time on Friday and we got a lot of gameplay in considering it was a half day.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Ben, what was your what was your role uh, in this event? Like on your in the context of your team, like did your team assume a leadership role or how did that work out for you?
3: Yeah, so in the past we've always done sort of one general on each side. This year we tried splitting up because we had so many more players than normal. We had two platoons per team, and mm-hmm. one platoon leader each. Uh, so on gold team, I was first platoon lead, and second platoon lead was Tyler. So we kind of worked in tandem as both generals, I guess. Um, And that worked really well. Once we sort of established that, you know, we're taking responsibility here. And once we had communication down, it worked well. Day one was kind of rough because we didn't have the communication and there was a lot Mm -hmm. of second guessing, not who's in charge, but who should be taking the first step. And then after Mm -hmm. day one, Candy was also on our team and he sort of spoke to us and said, look, we're going to clean up the comms we're going to get less radio channels because we had so many channels on day one day two we had less so we we're more communicated and it was so much easier to just be like mm. oh hey apex we want to do this yep that's fine let's do that send those guys um so yeah essentially tyler rockstar he and i sort of co-led goal team for most of it awesome
0: yeah and you know it's interesting what you say about comms like often I think airsofters have this tendency to just overcomplicate, <laughs> be like, Oh, like we need, you know, one channel per squad. It's like, really? <laughs> There's like five of you. Like, okay. So, so, and when the days started, so when you started on Friday, how did you arrange your team? Like what was, how many people did you have under, under you basically? How on, on your side?
3: So, on the, there was five squads, um, probably came up to about 25, 30 players. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Prior to the event, I had spoken with everyone, all the squad leads, and did have all my squads sort of organised with radio comms. And that was sort of the problem, is I hadn't spoken to Tyler about what his platoon was doing. Uh, so then, yeah, by the second day, we decided, no, we just need to put it all into one, because that'll work better. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so under my... I had five squads, um, comms with four of them. One of them hadn't set up the radio properly, or got the wrong channel. But, uh, yeah, so... Really, at the end of it, it didn't really matter how the platoons worked. It was kind of just what squad would pick up the radio or what squad was next to you that determined what your command was. Because obviously, (laughs) if I'm here and I've got an objective down the road and next to me is, you know, third squad, second platoon, I'm still going to use them. Just because they're another platoon doesn't mean I can't use them. And that's really what it came down to is what assets you just had nearby.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's a really good way of looking at it, but this was your first time doing this, organizing a team in this way. Is that, is that right?
3: I uh, sort of last year. I was this assistant general, I guess you could call it um, for 66% of the time, the last day in the morning I took charge. So no, I wasn't really fresh to it. I definitely after last year's experience was a lot more confident to take that sort of step this year. Uh, last mm-hmm. year was a lot of, I don't want to be the guy who's just bossing people around. Um, you know, I would, the feedback was, I've asked me, like, okay, I know I'm telling you guys what to do, but are you understanding that I'm also just asking you to do it? Um, mm-hmm. And this year I definitely was just threw it out out the window, had full confidence. I was able to look at guys and be like, hey, we're going to do this. You're down to do it? And they would be like, yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, super easy.
0: So you came into it looking to boss people around this year is what I'm saying. Yeah, hearing. a little bit. I mean, the problem was <laughs> a little I, bit
3: the problem I've had was I spent so much time worrying about the full team as a whole that I sort Mm -hmm. of overlooked my own squad. Um, And to put my play style into one word for this event, I would say I was lost uh, just a lot. So many times I was disconnected from my squad um, to where (laughs) it was detrimental because they didn't know what to do because I couldn't tell them. And they'd be like, hey, can you regroup? I'm like, I'd love to regroup with you guys, but I'm literally in between two bushes right now. And I can't tell you where those bushes are. Um so, yeah, really, unfortunately, my, that was my downfall for this event. I don't think I played to my best ability, and a lot of it was to do with just being lost.
0: Right. So how did the event start? So you had Friday, like, did you issue the first missions,
2: like, basically on the first whistle? So, I mean... I'm pretty sure Josh handed them out because I gave him these big two sacks of envelopes all wax sealed and neatly numbered and double numbered. Only the days. Only day only, one. Only the they only got day yeah, one only on
1: day one. Friday. So yeah. called
3: me up and he hands me these four envelopes. He's like, these envelopes, write these times on it. And when it hits that time in the day, you open the envelope, which I thought was a really good system to put into play.
2: <laughs> and um, yeah, we um, pretty much gave them out to both teams and I think we even did courtesy calls on the radio as well. I, I overheard yeah, Josh at one point going, Generals, pick up, you know, open envelope three now. And, you know, if you've got to reply, you've got to reply. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. But I, I think that worked a lot better than sending couriers across the field to then pick up stuff and have them yeah. run across because that delays gameplay and then have has, has players around waiting
1: for something to happen. And the wax seals were just something else. That was so cool. That's one of the coolest yeah. things I've ever seen. Having actual wax sealed envelopes to hand out to people. And I'm like, hobby "This hobby And I'm like, <laughs> these are your missions. And they're like, oh, wow, these look real serious.
2: <laughs> or, <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, that adds that is, a lot of value, yeah. The, the <laughs> resistance team cuddled their wax seals off and kept them. They're like, oh, look, we got, we kept them all. I'm like, yeah. oh, mate, keep I'm them. I'm not surprised. Yeah, they, they were.
0: So the two Utah- teams were gold and uh, black, is that right? Purple.
1: No, gold and purple. Gold and so, purple, right. Yeah. I had to try and think of two equally terrible colors to have in the bush because I needed to figure out if these armbands were going to work. They needed to be, oh, Decent. no one could possibly say we couldn't recognize which team it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there was, was, yeah.
2: Because really well. yeah. if, you, if, if you're so, on purple, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'll say because if you're on purple team and if you saw someone, if you've got even a hint of yellow on them, you knew they were a valid target. And it mm-hmm. worked exactly for yellow team. I had yellow team members going, look, if I didn't see any yellow in him, I'd have shot him because if I couldn't see yellow, good chance, he was purple. Um, mm-hmm. We did ha- had to bring it up on the second day, actually. Um, we had quite a few players put in the effort and bring out some absolutely beautiful ghillie suits, half ghillies, camo meshes, people who have a bit of spare time on their hand more than me. Um, and, you know, the call was, you know, it's up to you to make sure that armband's visible. And you know, At least the 50% on...
1: I think there all was. Yeah, yeah. 50%. At least 50% up... armband visible.
2: Because if, if you get lit up by your own team members, y- your complaints are null and void because you've made that decision mm. to be like, I'm going to be stealthy <laughs> and cool, but if poor yeah, Billy right. sees a bush that's moving with a gun, Billy's going to shoot gun first, then ask bush later.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people don't recognize with iron bands that it's not just, it's not to give you a disadvantage. It's actually to prevent you from getting lit up by your teammates whenever possible. Mm. Um, But ghillie suit users probably don't feel that way, but I I digress. (laughs) Oh, it's like,
1: I was actually super surprised at how everyone who had a ghillie suit was like, is this okay? Is this okay? And I'm like, yeah, man, like that's, that's literally like, it's perfectly clear without ruining your ghillie suit like if so if mm-hmm. you're you know 180 degrees away there's no way like people exactly. will see you at all and that's not that's not against the rules that's not you know um yeah. i think we had decided what did we decide on day one it was off arm, so not your not your trigger arm it was the other yeah, one so or whatever be, you would like normally lead that with you could, yeah
2: you could do that and people could see it clearly if you weren't sure without yeah. having to expose you're not know, putting the gun around and that People can go, oh no, he's pointing a gun at me. When in fact, you're just trying to pull up your um your armband. Right, could be a bit uh, dicey in combat.
0: <laughs> so, what happened like, right at the start of the game? So, the teams got their missions. They started taking <clears throat> off. What was the from a
2: from a, a storyline gameplay oh, point sweet. of view? What started happening? I can rumble you through HQ that. Build. One. So, <laughs> HQ building. So this. So previous years, we've always had issues with spawn points. Uh, Mm -hmm. people camping spawn points, people not knowing where spawn points were Um, I threw all that in the bucket and decided they can make their own spawn points each team were given three wonderfully very high priced Bunnings cheap uh, two meter by two meter (laughs) hardware store pergolas, tents um, and just some Amazon camo netting to chuck over the top and it was their sort of mission goal to go out deploy the tents you'd have one for your home HQ which was essentially undestroyable, so you could always respawn Mm -hmm. there, and then two fobs that you could place out in your zone that if you wanted to push them more forward, you could, but you risked having them cut off and overrun. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, for both teams, it was a very big change that realistically hadn't been done for OZ1. We've always had a Mm -hmm. set location for a spawn point. It was this map marker. Each team knew exactly where the HQs were, and then you, you could see a bit of metagame would happen with that. They go, oh, if we set up here, here, and here, we can just box them in and ruin that other team's day. Right. Um, and having these players have to go out, set these bases up, essentially, pull security, and then push out from there was, um, I think, a welcome change. A lot of players were like, oh, wow, this is this added a, a more depth to what was originally just going to be, they thought, was just going to be a shoot them up uh, mm-hmm. And that was the first sort of two hours they had to set that up. And then we sort of flipped it on the head and said, all right, now you've got to go try find the enemy's fobs. Go out and scout missions.
1: Which the uh, I think the purple team took on initiative as, hang on, if we're doing this mission, they're probably doing this mission, and decided to send some scouts out immediately, uh, yeah. <laughs> which was thrilling at GCHQ, where I was on four different radios, uh, <laughs> listening to all of this happen Within about oh probably ten fifteen minutes, and uh, <laughs> you guys should off be setting up setting up fobs and and HQs. Uh, yeah, we've downed one. I'm like, sorry what? <laughs> yeah, we've down we've down one of the fobs, and I'm like, noted. All right, cool. Putting putting that in the, in the putting hole. that in the score. Let's let's keep going. Yeah, they had um, they had achieved sort of quite early on. Um,
0: and just for for clarity for me, like, would those spawn points? Change like from day to day, or like every like on the
2: second day you would set them up again in a different place,
0: ideally. Or how would that
2: work? We had a bit of a we had a bit of a plan for the second day, which was the whole the whole part of the second day was your force was doing stuff on the enemy side of the field, which was going to be the big setup to flip the field and be like, oh no, your job of trying to convince their people has worked. What surprise? And your Mm -hmm. people have revolted, switch sides. Um and you'd have to go find the enemy's fobs and capture those and either move them or I think move them or, you know, you'd run them as your own. Um, mm-hmm. so that was the that was the big great plan that was gonna go off about a hitch. Yeah. And then Zeus came in and was like, Get out, of here, kids. Um, at the start of throw.
1: Effectively it was it was a it was a plan switching sides. So <laughs> half of the time of the entire three day event was allocated to that first start. Uh, mm-hmm. And there were safe zones as well, so there were you couldn't just put these fobs anywhere on the entire map. They needed to be within what would be considered your green zone on either side of of, of the map. And as you got right. familiar with that side, um, just as that sort of familiarity had probably kicked in, it was time to switch sides. So right. both teams got to go at both sides of the field in full capacity, and you've also got sixty players uh, per side. You know, in theory, if they if everyone had arrived. Uh switching sides completely. Um, but within the story and without having too much interruption that was supposed to happen midway through Saturday. Yeah. Um and then the winds came. Yeah, we we adjusted. Yeah, And then the winds came. Then the
2: winds came. <laughs> which we should probably get
1: to because yeah. we keep yeah. alluding to it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So let's talk about that then. So Zeus, um I guess I guess Zeus would probably be the right one. Anyway, yeah. point is probably Poseidon yeah
2: maybe yeah, the right, in the yeah. Water. yeah. <laughs> anyway. so i, I pulled Doesn't back who you anger they're all angry <laughs> yeah you angered somebody <laughs> yeah. so i've got pre-existing injuries and i was like all right i've got a call there i'll head back to hq and do more game master stuff and i get there and i'm chatting to josh and we're talking game stuff And i hear my phone going off i'm like oh it's a bit windy i wonder what that sound is and josh is like oh my phone's going off this too. is that
1: uh... This is at eleven, eleven thirty. I think I it want was. to say,
2: yeah, like to almost yeah. dead on twelve. Dead on, yeah. almost dead on twelve. And I pull it up,
1: and it's literally. Go,
2: it was like out of a movie. It was like it was everyone's like movie. phone. And you are like, warning, what's going
1: on? State
2: advisory alert: hide and duck and cover. Essentially, I think the the highest wind speeds were one hundred and fifty kilometers an hour, hitting that, hitting exactly where we were, like. The town was, you know, forty minutes away, barely a gust, but because of we oh, we're sort it's of worth set... Noting
1: the like Canterbury's dead flat, so like dead Canterbury flat. is flat from like the range to the range. So between mm-hmm. the two sets of mountains, it's all sort of like level it's all the way time. across. And this can happen, yeah, yeah, it can happen. Um, I think I remember. I think I remember. I remember hearing one of the veteran guys, the veteran guys, sorry come through and just be like well welcome to canterbury (laughs) like this just happens sometimes and we're like Uh, this is the one thing that i did not prepare for and everyone's phone has just gone off with like yeah it's not safe
2: it's not safe and Mm -hmm. me and joshua are over going all right we've got to pull ourselves out of game mode and go into the admin mode and as we're discussing this we're getting calls on the game radios from kiwi players who are there who have also working cell phones going hey we're going to come off. We've just got a warning. I you know, mean, just go, mm-hmm. well, look, it's nearly 12. We'll call them back in. We'll hold for an hour, reassess. Because if it's just a gust of wind for an hour, we can sit that out in a nice open space. It'll calm down, you know, hunky-dory. We'll get the kids to move. Well, I say kids, they're all fully grown adults. Get the kids to get all of their rental cars out and get them out on the main road so that they wouldn't mm-hmm. get hit. Crushed by treats. Because they're rental cars yeah. and once, you know, a lot of them have rental agreements that once the state says something, if they don't follow that advice, their they insurance need to be is null and void. Because um, it's all an act of gold or whatever falls under that, that's covered by whatever the government issues. And we're sitting there, we're all having a chat, everyone's calming down, and we're just watching trees from the, the far side of the car park.
1: Just all playing dominoes. Wow. The eeriest thing I think was hearing them crack and hearing them crack to the center, and I'd never heard something like that before. But hearing a pine crack, just like it's and it was happening all around. Like there wasn't just one. You weren't like, oh, that's that's a tree. It's like, oh no, there's like Hmm. it was eerie. It was. I mean, it was cool. It was was dangerous, but it was. We we had players. We had to call everyone in. Was basically yeah.
2: And we had players go. Oh, I don't want to move my cars. I'm like, look, move it. And if it doesn't calm down, if it calms down, you can bring it back in. Candy will publicly apologize not even 10 minutes after they drive their cars out two trees was a two or one one or two trees literally just crashed down yeah. next to where a row of minivans have been parked i'm like well maybe yes, four or five did right. pay off
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then we, we sort so, of we held that position at hq for nearly a solid hour so we we just, we said this is a perfect chance for you to reload bbs get some food into you hydrate 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 um and you know you had Ben, you, had... you were on the yeah, sorry, go go ahead.
0: Ahead. I, know. I was gonna say, Ben, you were on the field when the call came in, right?
3: Yeah. So I think my memory serves me. I'd just come back to clean myself up after the little adventure where I got too many needles in my kit. Uh so basically I just had to strip off all my kit and shake down before I went out again. Uh and then yeah, but went out again and sort of got the call saying, Hey guys, we're gonna call for lunch. I'm like, lunch but we're still fighting. Come back and I'm like, yeah, we're just mm-hmm. gonna wait till the wind dies down. But um, prior to that, earlier that morning, uh, yeah, I was in a hairy situation where I was sort of lying down in the dirt, trying not to die, and I just hear this crack. And being prone, you can't look up; your head just doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. So hear this crack, I'm like, oh, that was a cool noise. What was that? And then in front of me lands this massive branch, um, and I'm like, oh, that could have killed me. That would have yeah. been bad. And then I'm going, it's also really good cover. But everyone saw where it landed, though. And <laughs> apparently, um, apparently the enemy team like saw it. And because I knew I was there, because they just previously hit me, they go, Oh, is your guy alright?
1: Because yeah.
3: what they saw was me go down and then a branch fall down where I was. And apparently, it's on mm-hmm. film somewhere. So I'm waiting for someone to send that to me. And I'll add that to the <laughs> Discord because I think that'll be funny. But uh, yeah, always, so it was uh, always practical, experience. Frosties. Yeah, it was oh, it was, There was so it's much like, green oh, well, foliage. I'm not
0: dead. This is a great cover.
3: Yeah, it was because I had my net on and everything. I'm like, this is literally, like, it was made for me. God sent me a sign. He said, hey, get under this branch. I'm like, okay.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we, we, we were oh getting those God. calls all the afternoon, and I think one of the more chilling ones was a bunch of boys that were in the same position in the dark forest out there, and they were laying around this pine tree, and the, the ground just came up underneath them because all the roots had just been unearthed, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to just head back now. Safer, and they yeah. just they just did because that was probably just as we were making the, that that
1: call, and because the wind went from pleasant, yeah, we needed gusts to, break, to yeah. freight train. <laughs> it mm-hmm. became it became from like oh this is like really nice because it's quite you know it's quite warm out here in the morning yeah. to this is a horror movie we need to call everyone inside everyone. right now yeah yeah so and,
0: how long how long did you pull your the players off the field a full hour uh, how health. long did this last basically so. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, was it hour.
1: I don't know Four, that we we, like we, we didn't pick up gameplay so again that day, so no. that that yeah. ended it for the day. We had some um, new adventurous
2: players who do a lot of gel ball and some of the Queen, new, um, Queenstown and North Island players got we're going to go out in the open open bush area and sort of in a bit of a, the thicker forest because you know more tree cover, and they only lasted like forty five minutes before. Yeah, we're coming in. It's a bit too windy. I'm like, okay, when veteran yeah. players who aren't afraid of getting hit by a car are going to call it when the trees are talking, essentially, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was that gut-wrenching, we've got to call it for a day. All these players have come across the player now bereft of a day of action, pretty much. Well, not a day, five hours of action. But the safety the safety of play is just is insurmountable in retrospect to everything. You know, a good day of gaming is fun, but going home to your family and going home safe is much more important um, from a game. Oh, there was yeah. no
1: way we were going to have no, anyone no. play without being at least aware of the alert. Like, I mean, you can have, you don't want to have 80 alerts go out and there's a hundred people out there mm-hmm. and 20 of, 20 of them don't know what's going on. So we needed to make sure that everyone was at least back in uh, to understand what was going on. Uh, but I think, you know, by the time we had got everyone in, most people kind of knew what was going on, either because their phone or had gone off, or because they'd just seen Frosty almost eat it. Yeah, but, we had, uh, yeah. Well, I
2: mean, you just yeah. We had players turn up, and it's like, oh, we're going. It's too windy. It's not safe. And like, we haven't yeah. said anything. They're like, no, no, we're we're going. Yeah. We've we've They're seen this watched. before. Yeah. We're out. They
1: were like, "Oh, okay." And there was a whole bunch of different reactions. It was it was quite interesting. There wasn't uh, you you couldn't throw a stick and land at the same sort of reaction people had. Some people were like, "We're going indoor." We're going here. We're going indoor. We're going somewhere else that's still outside. Uh, we need to go into town. We're just kind of tired after like yesterday was a pretty full on yeah. day. We don't want to risk it. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone had everyone had a, a a bunch of different calls, but there was a a pretty stern sort of. Uh, display when they gave us the warning that it was going to be till 5 o'clock. Yeah, Our Game yeah. time was supposed to be called at 5, so we're like, yeah, look, a couple of skirmish games, we're not going, I wasn't, I had put a pin in the score, and just whoever wants to come back tomorrow, I'm sure they'll either give us another warning, in which case we'll have to give an announcement in the morning, but we'll still be here gate opening, just as yeah. as, as everything would go to plan.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no I mean, for you, us. Know,
0: you can't play Airsoft if you're dead, right? Yeah. So there's no sense. Yeah. There's no sense in in you know, especially like I, the wind is something that I'm very familiar with because where we live here in Newfoundland, it is very windy all the time. Uh, like 150 kilometer per hour winds is certainly nothing to sneeze at. Like it is absolutely a windstorm, oh. but it's nothing for us to have regular warnings going up to 80, 90, hundred kilometers an hour. Mm. Uh, in fact, you know, just today it's uh, wind gusts are like up to 90, I think, or something. Mm. Um, and so that's not a wind warning for us. That's just, A day, yeah. So then, you know, when you when you layer, like, there's lots of times you go to play airsoft and you you fire your BB and the just the wind just (laughs) takes it. It's like, (laughs) what are you gonna do? Like that's play. So I I totally get it from and and, you know going out there and playing in the wind is certainly one thing, Uh, but then when the wind is snapping off trees and trying to like actively harm you, Mm. well, it's not trying to. I guess it's just that's what's happening regardless. There's no intent there. Um, You know, it it becomes you know there's no sense in carrying on with with that and. I can I can see because I I can see as well the side of you've been waiting all year to play and then you go out and you're like the wind is trying to kill you it's, oh, like, yeah, it it's like yeah but it was gut
2: wrenching it was like all this yeah. prep all this hard work everything was like running perfectly but like before we called it comms were great teams were really digging into it it had, the game had like flipped on its head because you know gold team was yellow team was getting in there and you could see that it was a complete 180 from the day before and then it's like yeah sorry. You you build all this momentum, sorry, come off. And we're going. Yeah, yeah it's worth noting.
1: So, basically, where I was sitting at GCHQ, there was just four radios. There was two game radios, which were team wide, and then I was actually listening to their internal comms as well, just in case there was an emergency or anything else. Also, mm-hmm. just made it way more interesting for me sitting there at a desk by myself. But the um the whole morning was just like everything was alive. I didn't write down a lot of scores because there wasn't a lot of like uh, land changing hands, but it's because everyone was like kind of all in, like everyone was like along these two massive flanks, just having a full sort of a full blown morning. And I was hearing about movements that were like, oh yeah, that's that's smart. That's where I'd be mm-hmm. going. This is cool. Uh, and it was just starting to pick up. Um, yeah. But it happens. And I guess like, you know, I think looking at the week before and looking at Friday and Sunday, like a uh, half a Saturday, it wasn't really a big thing in the end. It was eventful. <laughs> people will remember it <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely wasn't yeah. a full day of gaming, but it also allowed us to be kind of kind of uh serious with the Sunday because Sunday we generally kind of find people are either not rocking up because they've just had enough or they're they're gassed with how huge Saturday was. We had a decent enough turnout, and everyone was kind of really good to go from and we and as because of the the fact that we had lost some time on Saturday, I was hard starting at nine o'clock, and I think yeah. I made that almost Very close to two by like ten minutes. I think it was like nine ten. Everyone <laughs> was out on their way to the FOBs. Like that's it. Like you've you've had the briefing. This is the Candyman five like five minute version. I, I read if that. Haven't fast had the long too, one. Like, ask your crossed, mates yeah. <laughs> because we are getting out there. We have one day left. This is a limited <laughs> time <laughs> offer. Uh, and then that's, yeah, that Sunday is where it really sort of, uh, came into fruition. And there were so many game changes that we were able to make. Uh, we mm-hmm. obviously had to throw the order of the missions out the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that just let us improvise. Uh, and in it fact, really we were well. quite lucky. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. A, no uh, that
2: I think turned into a better oh, way yeah. to finish it. Yeah
1: yeah i mean we had uh we had done i mean we had a fantastic array of props to work with as well. so candy was so so amazing at setting up like six duffel bags, six jerry cans, two we had like I found two red cases somewhere yeah. we had found um there was it was it was around Halloween season right, as it is still now, and we had gone to like the closest dollar store at ten o'clock on <laughs> Saturday night. Probably, like, you know, just... I think we had to take... <laughs> I think we had to take a lime scooter because we couldn't drive. And yeah. we've just gone, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get some, like, Halloween props. I'm just going to bury them in the middle of the forest. Like, we need tomorrow to be so good because we had half a day today. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have... We're fortunate enough to have a gentleman who has been with us probably since very close to the beginning. He's uh, been a cosplayer for about 10 years. Easily. Uh, and for the last four years, he has done... Indiana Jones. So as uh as Indy, we decided, well, if Shifty's gonna be out there, we need to bury some skulls. And yeah. at ten o'clock at night we're spray painting skulls yeah. that were gold and silver. I got a message from Koala going, going
2: in the car park with rattle cans <laughs> and I just feel like a snap of someone going and I'm like, I yeah. didn't see that. Everyone's <laughs> gone to a briefing
1: and yeah. two dudes just sort of run off into the forest and they're in there with a box, just sort of like they've got the spray cans in there. Mm-hmm. We had to let them dry for like an hour in the morning before we could use them. But it was, yeah, just just improvising and kind of making it making it uh the best we could mm. on that Sunday. And there's a lot of uh, activity in the AAR uh, as far as scores go on that Sunday. Hmm. Have we had plays to finding on props? Yeah, sorry, go ahead
3: yeah to touch on with the Saturday, like wanting to stay out there because we don't get to play often too before the wind really started to pick up came a little bit of rain and like mm-hmm. that was just cool i haven't done airsoft and rain before i've done job all but that was a horrible experience because it was really humid and hot at the same time but uh yeah so we just me and a couple others were doing our little stealthy sneaky sneak going through all these prickly bushes and then it just starts raining and we are like cool we're behind like 12 guys and we're raining and we look we look really cool. Like if we were in a film right now, that's like main protagonist for sure. Yeah. But um yeah, um, the Saturday had paid because people had things to do. Like I said, a lot of my guys were falling behind on something, so we sort of looked at the Saturday as an option to pick up what we were lacking. Um mm-hmm. when we were supposed to have a barbecue and bite some others over, but unbeknownst to us, when we did get back to our Airbnb, there was a tree falling down in the driveway. So we ended up spending the next hour sorta. Of chopping that up with the neighbor's saws and axes and moving that to the side. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was a fun little bonding experience. Before we did that, I um, stopped at McDonald's and was like, hey, I'm getting everyone fix shakes. What do you guys want? Because I feel like we need a little morale booster. Um, mm-hmm. As much as not playing sucks at the same time, with the rain and everything, you do want to embrace the suck, as, as they say, because mm. it's definitely part of the experience that you just don't, you, like you take it if you get it. Oh, I'm, yeah, first yeah, I'm when, yeah. yeah.
0: But I think you know, big picture, nobody was hurt, so yeah. I think that's ultimately well, is, is probably the win. most important thing. <laughs> um, nobody got crushed. No vehicles got crushed. Uh, not yours anyway. So that's you know. It's it, pretty, it's, you yeah, talk
2: it's about true. your Thursday. <clears throat>
1: yeah, uh, let's talk about my Thursday. So, how long are you doing, uh, Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, all right. So, <clears throat> context. Let's do a little bit of context. Uh, in all CQB fields that we have, that we have any experience on, face masks, full face masks are mandatory. So obviously, mm-hmm. like face protection, eye protection. Now, eye protection's always been a main focus, but because we've always been on the green field, uh, face protection has been optional. And uh, Frosty had made up some nice face protection for all of his guys and all of the squirrels uh, yeah, and, not made up, but uh, not Delta not, Well, well so, sorry, yeah. sourced. Sourced and secured. Yeah. Uh, some <laughs> wonderful face masks uh, for everyone. And I almost always wear one when I'm uh, in really close proximity and like a close-up game, but it's always been optional in the bush mm-hmm. as of 2023. In 2024, they will be mandatory in the bush because uh, we're using heavier BB weights Uh, As as time goes by, as technology changes and as the sport gets uh, into its maturity and the players mature as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. And in my career at the 10 year mark, uh, really close up on a mound in an engagement, I was hit twice in the goggles and decided to call hit straight into the front tooth. Yeah. So I got, uh, the third, the third one landed right in my, uh, front tooth, which I have now found out since, uh, was actually coming out anyway. It was just how my bite works, but it was pushed <laughs> along quite rapidly. And for the rest of the weekends, I had a significant gap in my smile, which has now been temporarily fixed and will, will soon, soon enough be perma- more permanently fixed. Um, but that was definitely a learning experience and will be an expensive one. I'm sure. Uh, Mm. But I was just so happy that, and I think I can, everyone can attest that I had said it like 9 million times. I was just so happy that it was me and not anyone else. (laughs) Because Uh, now when I yell, put (laughs) a face mask on, everyone is going to know why. Yes, Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, and spoon was spelt with a TH for most of the rest of the weekend. Spoon. Um... it's, you
0: know, it's, it's funny that you say that because at our game, there was another play, there was a player who got uh, one of our discord members actually who got shot in the face very, very close and it was bleeding and it turns out the BB was still in there. But his reaction was exactly the same as yours, which is he got to the safe zone and we're like, Oh my God, like your face is, he's like, yep, I'm okay. Can we go check that guy's gun? Cause it might be hot. It turns out it wasn't. but That's not the point. His, his first reaction was, I'm glad it was me and not somebody else, mm-hmm. especially mm. for us, because in our community, you guys all have uh, all your kids are still full grown adults. Our kids are not full grown adults. Yeah. Many of them are quite young. And so he's mm. for his point of view was at least it's me. Yeah. Right. And same exact situation. He wears face protection. But for for whatever reason, it wasn't in position at the time. And then, you know, yeah. that's that's bingo, bingo, So, bongo. yeah, I yeah that's all you can do. But yeah, that, I just thought if, when you were like, oh, thank God it was me. I'm like, I've heard this before. And that, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know what would have happened if it was to someone else and I had heard about it. It was, uh, you know, that was, it was, it was confronting enough. yeah. Um, yeah I but say. I went and spoke to the guy. I mean, he was running, he was writing the right MED. He was running the right, um, gun. He had, I mean, like that was, we had checked everything beforehand. Anyway, uh, he yeah. was still using his gun. So and it was just a really good engagement. I had popped up at the wrong time. And it wasn't like he was going for my head or anything either. There was literally, yeah. that was all that was visible. I yeah. was completely prone and hug- hugging behind a mound. Um, but uh, that's, what, yeah. that's what happens when you're in a in a team of, I think it was four DMRs. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll go yeah. up front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, it's cool. It was like, it was a practice game. It was, it was something that I didn't have to run. So I was already really chilled out, apparently mm-hmm. a little too relaxed. <laughs> um, Clearly. Yeah. But it was still like, it was still fun. Like it was a fun engagement <laughs> and I was um, just, yeah. And there'll be a little piece of me on that field forever. Cause forever. I never claimed the tooth. So Nice.
0: <laughs> so let's, let's wrap up uh, Sunday. And then I want to talk about sort of the act, the after action uh, in some, some pointed questions. So, Sunday starts out 905 basically or 910 whatever like as soon mm-hmm. as you can get out there um how does that day progress i mean obviously i'm assuming the wind warning was was completely gone like that wasn't a concern anymore mm-hmm. um so how does the day progress from from there and i mean maybe frosty from your point of view what was your first your team's first tasking that day
3: uh, well my team's first tasking was to get on the field as usual um mm-hmm. I think was it was so at this point we'd swapped sides, which is great because personally I'm far more familiar with the west side of the map. But um, basically, God, I can't really remember what the objectives were, but it kind of just came down to. Actually, I think that was when we needed to grab the skulls and these two red crates so that were just somewhere in the field at points of interest. And this was great because it was, you know telling people like All right, we're looking for skulls and red boxes simple as that and yeah you know, i'd be like ah oh, yeah you know what the objective is He's like yeah, yeah yeah i know what the objective five minutes later hey what's the objective i'm like skulls and red crates it's two things you have to look for um which is great because late, later i found out that the guy who just asked me was standing on the skull for like an hour <laughs> and decided to go for the black duffel bag and <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, but like, I think we did well. At least on the radio channel, I thought we did well. We did get the two red boxes, which is one of them was great. I was standing on for about twenty minutes, because um, I was in this little watchtower, just absolutely laying down fire. That was probably one of my funnest parts of the of the weekend. Because the first two days, I think I went through maybe one magazine. Unlike mm-hmm. you, Phil, I don't shoot a lot. I'm very calculated and... in my hits um but on the third day in this tower because there was just such a force coming and it's just the angle i had it did get to the point where i was empty had to call up my mate dozer i was like hey have you got spare mags he just goes pulls them all out take them gives me like five magazines i'm like beautiful (laughs) because his his good thing you learned that from me it's a good (laughs) thing you learned that from me yeah but because um, his main gun was down, all he had was his sidearm. I was like, well, like, he's, he's not using his magazines. I might as well take him. Mm-hmm. But um, we're in this little outpost building. I'm in the watchtower, and I call out to the guys below. I'm like, look high, look low, look underneath, open doors. It's hidden really well. Like, they're sneaky about this. Mm-hmm. Looks everywhere except for the tower that I'm standing on. Um, And then so I'm here for 20 minutes with my mate Perry and this other guy, and we're just talking, shooting people. And this other guy's coming up the stairs. He just looks at our feet. And there's this red, just looks like red box that had been sort of hooked on underneath us. So he just sprints down, jumps up and grabs it, and then runs back to our base. It's like, uh, <laughs> this is what I meant. That, like, Look high, look low. Like it's here somewhere. We can't not have missed it. But yeah, we were just literally standing on it this whole time. I don't know how so many times long. I looked at my feet.
2: It took so yeah. long to wedge that in there because the gap was only 10 centimeters. The the box yeah. was fifteen and I was like, Well, if smack it hard enough, it'll wedge in.
3: <laughs> and mm-hmm. um And you look at the box too. It's very obvious. Like it's like you know when you're playing know, zombie games or something and you see that bright red first aid kit, that's literally <laughs> what it looked
1: like. <laughs> it may as well have been like glowing, like when you would yeah, see something yeah. in GTA. It's just sort of just like, you know, just sort of sitting there like it's definitely the box. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so yeah. The...
3: There's no duffel bags I picked up there, so at least I didn't make that mistake. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's. I mean, uh, that's something. So, how did the game end up? Which team ultimately was victorious, and sort of what was their the key to their victory from your perspective as game organizers?
1: Oh. So Spoon, you've got the scores, like, mm-hmm. I do have the scores. Um You don't have to I announce
0: wanna... it here if you haven't announced it publicly. <laughs> no, either. no, that's no. I've,
1: I think I've provided the AAR this We're week very uh, and the final scores. It was, actually, I think I've got them here. It was super close. As uh, and is. I had done a, a quick run through right before the last mission orders were done. So uh, Candy had done a really good job of making all these missions. We had all these missions and I had to be like, guys, do you still have the missions? Like, it might be some, like, do you still have the day two missions? Do you still have, like, you know, whatever you've got? And I went through them and I thought, you know, what can we work? Like, what can work? What can't? and we've kind of we had basically gone through and because the timeline had been completely sort of messed up we'd done everything that we could do that was in the envelopes um and then it just sort of became time to just get rid of all of the outposts uh and change the game i had to move each uh enemy team into basically what was the worst positions for them to capture so <laughs> really close to the other enemy's base and then mm-hmm. and, the, and and to the other side as well um we had one capture point, I think, out of that, and it just c- it came down to... And we were only giving out 25, 50, and 100 points, except for the final battle, which was 200 points. Mm. So I kept it really, really simple.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: one team won by 50 points, I think. Yeah, it came down to yeah. 50 points, 875 to 925. Um, yeah. And I realized at the very... So, Purple's communication, so the new resistance, the invading force uh, from day from day one was fantastic. Uh, kudos to John, their leader, who did a fantastic job and took it very, very late. Like these command positions were all allocated during the week that we were on. So we had like landed in country. Almost no one wants to do it because everyone just run around and play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd asked some veteran people and they were like, look, Ordinarily, yeah, but this is my fifth Milson this year. I just not me. I want to be <laughs> gonna, in it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to play. I'm going to play in my squad, and I want to do like my squad stuff. And I was like, that's totally fine. Respect it. Let's go. And there was, st- but they still helped out, and they did a fantastic mm-hmm. job. Purple's comms, excellent day one, uh, and it showed, and it showed in their score. It came all the way through to the very, very last um, primary and secondary objectives. So every capture point had been nuked off the map except for one and it was the one that was closest to the gold spawn Mm -hmm. so there where they had put their hq the base all they had to do was was hold it they just had to keep it and they had a full fighting attack force of all of their guys yeah so purple had just had to sort of like basically come from all directions and and just take that one capture point if they did Mm -hmm. for sure they win the game uh, if not gold still has a chance, but gold was behind by a little bit more. So I had to allocate playing cards, which ended up having names on them. Uh, and they were given to just two random, like skilled players, players? on each team. Uh, and they were worth 25 points each. So they still had a chance right up until the end. Uh, and it ended up being, I think, yeah, 50, 50 points difference between mm. the teams, which I have to say, we must be getting too good at this because that is the third or fourth time that we have had a game too close to call right up until the last hour. Last year's event um, it
2: was less than 40 points difference between the two teams. And that was
1: the decider of 3 Four and days. both of those had not been decided until Sundays. So each 3-day event had always taken till the Sunday, till the last sort of hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, for, it for anyone to to be a clear winner, so there's, there everyone did really really well, uh, and that's a good problem to top. have
2: as an organizer. It's a yeah. good problem to have. Oh, yeah. it was fantastic, and I think it's better for the players too. Um, you finish, oh yeah, you finish an event, and you were only this close to winning is a lot better than going, oh yeah, you were like four thousand points behind, guys. Sorry, but look next time, it it, it can change. And not action. to mention, if they get that sense midway through the game. Yeah. Right there,
0: like, well, yeah. we've got three hours on the field, and nothing we can do will make our team win. That you get the people going, That's horrible, what's, right? what's, what's, like, why
2: Yeah. Why am I yeah. here?
0: So. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So let me ask you some couple of AAR questions overall. Maybe uh, Ben we will start with you. What was your biggest lesson learned at this event, and what are you going to do differently in future?
3: I sort of touched on yeah. Figure out what role I'm really taking. Am I putting my squad or team first? Um, I do enjoy the command sort of aspect, but I also enjoy working with my little team and being sneaky. I can't do both. So, uh, yeah, I got to learn what I want to do next year, whether it's one or the other. Um, Mm -hmm. It's definitely probably the biggest lesson I learned that, and that um, because we are growing as a community and this is one of our biggest events. Unfortunately, you just don't have time to say hi to everyone. Um, yeah, it's you gotta. I'm unless I'm a list guy. Unless I make a list and check everyone off, but that was a big problem this year. Was just so many friends to be made and so many friends to meet again.
0: Mm-hmm. Candy, from your perspective, especially thinking about the missions and stuff, what is something that you definitely want to do again next year? And what is something you definitely, aside from the wind, do not want to do again next year? Well,
2: I, I think having the play credit spawn points was really good. I think that really brought a new mm-hmm. change to a lot of the old problems we'd have where players would be liberal in getting back to spawn zones through safe zones and um, using HQs as spawn points, which we vetoed this year, um, and having their own player spawn ones. Um, I think that worked terrifically. Um, All the feedback Mm -hmm. I got, except for people getting lost, um, was that it worked really well. And having players be in control of their fate was a lot more interactive for them than to be told, this is your HQ. And sometimes there'd be a natural advantage for a team having a set HQ, be it a Mm pre-made location on the field, a fort, drum barrels, and the other players have an open field of a shack in it. Giving them that freedom to do it um, worked really well. Um, Look, I didn't see a lot that I didn't want to recreate for the next year's event. I think the mission cards worked really well. Reiterating to take only what your mission cards can be worked on because Mm -hmm. labelling take green jerry can somehow turned into steal all the black duffel bags. Um, We'll have to work on that a a bit more, but um, I want to see more props out there, and I find that, the hardest part having to fly over is organizing that and organizing that interim storage from now to October. I didn't really find anything I didn't want to recreate. I mean, unless Josh can cut in, I didn't, there was nothing that went horribly. We were, let me rephrase the question maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. too, Josh. And maybe, you know, this is,
0: you know, to, to, to point the question to you a little bit more, maybe what is something that, didn't really that worked but didn't work in the way that you expected it to maybe Ooh. that your players didn't really address or attack in the way that
2: you thought they would probably some of the missions we could have made a bit more clearer in my opinion but that's just from a sort of games master of D and Milson gaming sort of background to it could have been a bit more clearer on the player
3: mm. for a player i love props um however saying hey there's insert prop name in these locations mm. near these locations I didn't like. I'm very much when it comes to a video game, I don't like quest markers, but I do like, hey, you need to pick up mm. this thing from name of location. And then on top of that, uh like the playing cards, I didn't know anything about them until after the event. I think that's cool. I'm definitely a supporter of like in video games, there's random collectibles. Yeah. Um of course that goes against the whole if it's not your objective, don't touch it. But say, like, at the start of the event, you were to say, hey, there's also hidden ammo caches around the place. If you guys happen to come across them over the weekend, bring them back to your HQ, extra 10 points, you know? Mm Because in that way, if someone does find it, they do get that little incentive of, like, oh, yeah, I found something, not my objective. Oh, hang on a minute. It's a collectible. It's everyone's objective, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's how I would see props in the future is either a specific location and name or collectibles. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so, Josh, I guess, giving you the sort of the last AAR bit, for, from your perspective, like, are there any, as, again, aside from the wind, any other surprises or things that, um, you know, you're, you you were happy with uh, as a pleasant surprise or things that you were like, wow, I didn't expect that, but it actually, you know, really worked out?
1: Um, I was surprised with how easy it was to move from a bunch of guys. So it, the... Uh, anyone calling into a capture point was the only radio that we needed as far as game control was concerned for the past three years in a row. So we had a Mm -hmm. a trilogy set up because we had sort of started and just wanted to go, can we just make, you know, airsoft events and just see what works and what doesn't without having to complicate them. And we'd Mm -hmm. had missions done before, but we'd had support and we'd had someone else doing them so we could all play. When When it's us doing them, I mean, Candy's miss- missions were fantastic. I couldn't possibly have written something uh, top to tail as as amazing as they worked. Um, but it also we also had a, like a, a layout that uh, allowed me to adapt when we lost half a day. And Candy and Nana have something very special for next year because we were robbed of our Saturday afternoon surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, Excited for that one. But it's, it means it's fantastic because it means we've got something to look forward to, and there'll be something that we already know we can, uh, oh, awesome. we can probably put straight up, straight up on the Friday next time. Um, mm. but I was just, I was so surprised that there was, it's a very hard field to get past, especially at a certain point. So it kind of comes to, uh, like a bunch of no man's land in the middle, uh, yeah. one road and then a, and then a clearing. And if you get past that, um, like I was so surprised to see an entire team on one side of it when they like had no business being there. Except to I just realized they had wiped out, you know, almost an entire platoon, and just sort of charged straight across, mm. and I'm just going, "Okay, all right, well, yeah, all right, yeah." I'm like, "Cool." And I'm just seeing this from where I could, from where I could see. Like I had a, a mm. very, very limited range from where I was, um, from where I was standing. But listening to the radios was fantastic because the internal communications were fantastic. By the second day on both teams, uh, mm. and people were moving around, and I could visualize what was going on on the map just by listening to them talk to each other. And then if they absolutely needed to talking to me or, or having um, them like the uh, radio, their own bases. So because they had two fully separate channels, they could speak freely amongst their game radios as well.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, uh, it's, there's a lot to be said for that, I think. Uh, and as someone who, again, I just ran a game, being able to hear the teams and what they're saying also, I don't know if you felt this way, but you get to get their point of view on mm. the things that you created, sort of live, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, that's what they're thinking." Oh, okay, yeah. they're in for a shock, or you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, I, oh, I, yeah. I can totally appreciate that. So. Just before we close out the episodes, there's I guess there's two other things. I know that uh, you have a bit of a tradition uh, at the end of the game. Um, uh, Josh touched on that last time. But uh, in terms of gameplay, the
2: other thing you uh, had mentioned before was around the medic rule. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk about yeah, that. So as a part of, you know, your sign-in, when your squad would sign in, you'd get your armbands, but each squad would have a dedicated medic and they got their own little fancy black and red armband, which was a change from previous years where you'd have the, the bandage system. You know, first hit, Someone can, you know, hand on your shoulder for 10 seconds. You'd have a bandage and there'd be a lot mm-hmm. of background work to make that happen. You'd have to bring your own or we'd have to supply 210 bandages that you would never see again. They would just disappear because yeah. they'd just be playing cotton. Um, we introduced the squad medic. Every squad had one. He could revive anyone in the squad as many times as you could get to. He could and him he and himself the, though. The yeah, the whole team. But he could only be re- like revived by the squad leader. So you had this caveat where if you kept your medic safe, you could steamroll effectively within the time restraints of respawn um, and reviving players, a little cooldown period after being revived. You could keep a squad going across the field through multiple combats if you played smart with your squad leader and played smart with your medic. Whereas if you just sort of, good luck, kids, and you throw them out in the field and your medic and your squad leader got hit, you're effectively out of a vital resource until they'd have to go back to HQ mm-hmm. and resp- respawn. And we had a few people apprehensive about it at the start, but by the end of it, I had nothing but positive praise regarding it. It was just like, wow, this is this is a game changer because you you turned a role that was ambiguous to everyone and made someone important for that. And people sort of went, right. I want to be the medic. This is such a cool thing. And they took on an own persona and role to do that. And I think it was really cool to see players especially the new guys who are like i'm fast i have a little rental m4 and i can zoom in around the field while you've got you know the big guns i can become a vital part of a team still being the new guy you know it wasn't just yeah. hey newbie frontline battle fodder you know take the hits for me so i can kill people they got to participate and i got to see that firsthand on my field walks as a ref um as a player when i got to play for the first bit in the set on the friday um seeing new guys who were like I can just run around and revive people and not get peppered, but I can still get involved and be a vital part of the team. Um, it was terrific mm-hmm. to see. I think it was really, really yeah. awesome.
3: Uh, I'll always say I think Medic is a great role for new players. My first year, I was a Medic. Um, like Candy said, it really gets them involved. So to not have that the previous year was kind of disappointing, and it's good to bring it back. And um, we had one of our new guys' as Medic this year, and he loved it. He was a champion, you know, to the point where he's like, I'm just reviving people. I don't care. You know, it's that mm. sort of battlefield vibe of running around with defibrillators, yeah. just shooting the ground, battlefield hoping you pick defense. up a body. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I think why we did the rules the way we did this year was to get people constantly fighting, not complaining about walking back to a respawn. Even though we had more spawn points this year, in a sense, uh, it was always you know it was inv- it was nulls and void. And to say that, I think I went back to my HQ maybe two or three times. Every other time I got hit, I was revived. And having that ability to get up where you you know sort of left off and keep going is definitely vital to keeping the game going.
0: Mm-hmm. So definitely a redo
1: for the for the medic system <laughs> for next year.
0: No, no, a spoiler alert. But it sounds like a pretty no, rock well, solid we'll system, that's that. for sure.
1: Oh, we had, and... uh, that's probably the one thing that we spoke about beforehand that was like, do we, don't we, do we, don't we. And I had to just put my foot down and be like, listen, these rules will work uh, or they won't. And we're going to find out because we have to actually play first rather yeah. than sort yeah. of going, we should, we shouldn't, we should. Let's do this. Let's do this other thing. Let's do something like that. Um, we were really kind that we, uh, we were really l- lucky enough to have a kind sponsor who had donated those medic bands uh, and they were made by someone that's known to them. So it's, it's a really fantastic. Uh, and we we took all those back. Everyone got to keep their armbands just as a uh, a souvenir. We
2: had people but the medic armbands, armbands went,
1: in, went into the inventory. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was good to see. Um, but the medic armbands were in there, and then there is a there's even the talk of using stopwatches next time, and I have them in the inventory. But we'll see, we'll mm. see how that goes later down the we'll track. Stay I guess. Tuned for
0: that. <laughs> and uh, and the last bit, something definitely to redo is your your end of game tradition, right?
1: Yeah. So. As, I mean, as as Frosty had said it, I just realized how true it was. The The small amount of time that we get to actually socialize uh, with the hundred or so people were are out there playing with um, at the HQ uh, was probably a little bit bigger when we all spawned in the same spot and when everyone was coming out sort of quite, quite rapidly to, to grab BBs or whatever. But this was very sort of, no, grab your gear, get to your FOBs and then sort of spread like you're out. Go and do your stuff. I don't want to see you here at GCHQ. This is my haven with my 9 million radios. Let me sit here and listen to you all play. Um, <laughs> this uh, sort of changed it a little bit, whereas, yeah, there's there are some people that I probably only saw for, you know, 45 mm. minutes total over uh, six days of being around and near them at different events. Uh, and because, you know, we're right next to the city, there's three different locations you can do, you know, stuff during the week. Not everyone's getting time to cross over and meet up and match up, but that um, that Sunday was really was really special and has always been because it just gives everyone a chance. And you know, everyone who was at the game or has ever played or was in town, or um, especially you know, we got, we have some guys that started with us. It was ten years ago; they were in their sixties. Now they're in their. 70s they're they're not picking up the gun and running around anymore or even spending a whole day in a command tent but Mm -hmm. sometimes they they, like they pop by we need to give them an opportunity to do that um where this is why we're really lucky in the the day of you know day and age of facebook we can can keep in contact all year Mm -hmm. uh even Mm -hmm. with some people that probably wouldn't normally use that technology like well no how else am i going to speak to the oz1 guys yeah um But we had our dinner, and to see what is our best and fairest award, the Dingos, be handed out this year, um, immediately before, and I think it was really touching. We had uh, everyone who had previously won, uh, won one or earned one, really, it's, an, it's something that you earn, uh, stand up in the room, and I almost hit up because I could literally see some of the greatest, mm. you know, minds of our sport all stand up at once and i was like these are your these are your guys like if you need anything look for one of these guys if you need someone willing to
2: help you out in any way they can
1: yeah like there's not a single one of them wouldn't drop the rifle and go and fix yours before they jump back into the fight because they've done it all a million times they want you to have a good time as well like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's you know truly something that's really special at the end uh and i just wish that probably could have lasted for longer i guess Maybe we'll have yeah. to do one at the beginning and one at the yeah. end next time. Intro and outro. Know, just not enough time in a week, right? Yeah.
0: And I just want to I wanna point out, because I think it, it's so important, especially for people listening, when you get people to stand up like that and you acknowledge you know what they've contributed, that's that's amazing. But I think it's also very important to remember that they're only standing up and being able to be recognized because of work that you have done right? You have, as a community, you've created this space. And so props to them for being the best and the fairest and the dingoes, I suppose. Uh, But also huge props to you, because none of that would be possible if it hadn't been for the two of you in an airport, you know, 17 years ago. And to people listening, I think the the reason I'm bringing this up is because for a lot of players, you know, around the world, your community needs you to do the kind of things that Josh and Candy and Frosty are doing in their communities, because that allows other people to be able to be there for others. It allows other people to support the kind of play that we want to see. Mm-hmm. And it takes, it really does take people stepping up to the plate and saying, yep, I, you know, I'll take, you know, I'll take the first step. I'll oh, make it happen. So, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to give you guys that shout out because, mm. you know, Josh, as you know, the the organizer and the person who likes to be humble about it, there's a huge amu- a huge amount of that. Um, those props go to you as well, you and you know, and your colleagues, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people like Candy and Frosty, like I and said, I, I didn't made that put that out possible, sort of a so.
2: shout out to some of the other clubs that stood up to help people get across. Because so I think like the big the big hurdle is airfares, accommodation, and how do you get there? Especially, if we get people mm-hmm. who are 18, 20, 25 who've never traveled overseas. Um, Tyler and Preacher both from the AAMS and the Squirrels um, mm-hmm. helped organize the most convoluted spreadsheet I've ever seen in my life and got accommodation sorted for people who've never traveled overseas. You know, help walk people through how to buy a ticket and, you know, turn up. And it's those they are, for years, they are, in yeah, years in a row. The years in a done row. And these unsung mm-hmm. heroes, they don't flaunt and go on about how great. Their event. Look at this. We got you all here. You know, give us some recognition. They're just like, we want people here to play and have fun, and seeing seeing yeah. that year after year is just oh pride. Of, you know, you you, you smile with you know, like it's like wow, it's so great to see the work the community puts in, not for recognition, not for wow, we're the coolest. Yeah, you know, come play with us because we 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 all gonna. It's like no, no, they put yeah. it in the hard yard to get you there to play and have fun. And that's really yeah. humbling. The picture
3: and to mean, both are dingoes as well yeah and so both of them are dingoes coincidentally, coincidentally. Yeah. but uh um, candy is yeah. a dingo i think 2019 was really? yeah i don't know i
2: got caught up eventually uh i had to, to bribe yeah. a few bags of candy <laughs> out to get that award but you know it was it was well worth it <laughs> yeah yeah money well money spent. well spent yeah but um you know it's
0: well all about yeah. the community lads it's always yeah, it's always right. wonderful uh, to talk to you guys. Um, uh, candy, you know, first time, but, um, hopefully not the last, yeah. um, to, join the discord. you know, <laughs> yeah, join the discord. I mean, yeah, like, that's right. Send
2: me a link, the only
0: thing I can say is that, and you know, we talked in the lead up to the episode, Josh and I were talking, like being able to hear these stories really, um, You know, reconfirms to me the sort of like the universal nature uh, and the international nature of what what airsoft is and what it is to people and how you build these community. And it really is truly community building and giving people the occasion to the opportunity, excuse me, to rise to the occasion and support, you know, fellow airsofters and stuff. So it's just it's phenomenal. And I know we've, we've said it before, but you have so many hurdles to jump over being Australian airsofters. And yet here you are right i think and that speaks volumes to the dedication of uh, of you guys and your community so i can't thank you enough for taking your monday evening uh to be here with me um and just chat about uh, all this kind of stuff it's just phenomenal so thank you so much for being here guys um but that's really it that's what we've uh, a little bit longer today but that's what we've got for you this week thank you so much for listening everyone we really appreciate it come check us out on the discord if you haven't already and we will talk to you soon thanks Take for care. coming